We're in trouble. We're already in trouble. I can tell it's going to be a rough episode, so whenever you're ready. Stay awake. Whenever you're ready. Is this episode 49? 49 is what I've got. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 49, man. Episode 49. Episode 49. Almost to 50. Almost. Do we have any big plans for episode 50? Not yet. I was kind of thinking if we we don't have any... We haven't even talked about it yet. We haven't really talked about it. You know, it might have to be another Aliens episode. Yeah, we'll see. Unless we come up with something better. Unless we come up with something better, we might do Aliens part 7. I think our listeners are probably hoping that we come up with something better. (laughs) Although, lately we've been getting like extra listens on the Alien episodes. No shit. People have really liked them. All right. Yeah, we might do that. We'll see what happens. Now we're kind of running out of material to talk about, but <laughs> we'll we'll figure shit out. Anyways, episode forty nine. Uh, you got any funny any funny quips for f- the number forty nine? Any football uh, players? Any forty nine? It's a weird number. Uh, like if you were to go one through one hundred, forty nine is probably the most forgettable number. Uh, was Schobert forty nine? Joe the Show. Yeah, I don't know if he is with Pittsburgh. He definitely wasn't with the Browns. He was fifty three. What no, was he with Jacksonville? I don't know what he was? What was he, was he with Jacksonville? I don't care about what he was with Jacksonville. I think he was 49. No, it was 47. I can't imagine he was wearing 49. I can't imagine. Anyways, what kind of news you got today now that, we're, so, now that we got that out of the way? First news story. I'll start with the crazy one. This is from ABC News. Pat's favorite. <laughs> this is the headline. Man attempts to storm cockpit, strangles and kicks flight attendant on JetBlue flight. Do you have this one? I do not, but I had a different one from ABC News. Sweet. So this is September 23rd, 2021. Okay. A man attempted to storm the cockpit of a JetBlue flight on Wednesday evening and then proceeded to kick and choke members of the flight crew, according to FBI affidavit. With little more than an hour left in the flight from Boston to San Juan, Puerto Rico, the man attempted to make a phone call and became angry about the call's unsuccess. Unsuccess? Is that what it says? Yes. In the article? Okay. Yes. A flight attendant told the FBI. 30 minutes later, he allegedly rushed the cockpit, shouting in Spanish and Arabic to be shot. So he was... Spanish and Arabic? That's an odd combination. Yeah, was weird, guy, right? is, this, is this guy a Moor? I have no idea. Flight attendant was able to get the man corralled back into the passenger seating area until a pilot decided to open the flight deck door. In the incident, first reported by the Daily Beast, the unruly passenger grabbed the flight attendant by their collar and tie with one hand, placed his other hand on the overhead compartment in an attempt to gain leverage before kicking the flight attendant in the chest, according to the affidavit. Oh my god. This is absolutely insane. He was allegedly attacking the crew and shouted again for the pilot to shoot him. They're trying to get the pilots to shoot him. Did it say where this was at, or did I zone out with that? Um, from Boston to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay. There was about an hour left in the flight. Sure. While he was yelling, he was still holding the JetBlue flight attendant by their tie, the affidavit said. This resulted in the tie tightening and ultimately preventing the JetBlue, I'm sorry, the JetBlue flight attendant from breathing. Eventually, six or seven crew members were able to gain control of the man using flex cuffs. However, the man broke out of the first pair of flex cuffs and the crew needed to use four seatbelt extenders, a new pair of flex cuffs, and a uniform necktie to restrain the guy into a seat. Sounds like this guy was on drugs. Unreal. This year alone, more than 4,300 unruly passenger incidents have been reported by the Federal Aviation Administration. So you got that one from ABC News. Yep. Can I ask you one question? Yes. How did you find that? This was on, I I literally, on my Google homepage, okay. I have a list of news shit that comes up. Sure. And I just 
scroll it all the time looking at news stories. Okay. And I found this. It was like the third one. Okay, that's hilarious. Isn't that insane? I don't know what to do with that. That was a good news story, though. Are you kidding me? Um, I'm not going to go with my ABC News one. I had four ready. I'm only going to go with three of them this week. Okay. This one comes from the Manchester Evening News, which is a UK website. I'm going to be reading this one. This is a short article. I'm going to be reading it word for word. Concerns over kids buying baked beans as beaning trend goes viral. Police have issued a warning on shops over a concerning new viral trend involving baked beans. Shops have been urged to look out for children buying large quantities of the tinned goods, while parents are being encouraged to check their cupboards. It comes after beaning, a bizarre new trend, took off on social video sharing app TikTok. Beaning? Beaning. <laughs> beaning involves kids smearing baked beans onto people's driveways, doors, and cars, and of course filming it. Numerous videos have been posted on social media with the hashtag Bean Bandits. You know what? Why can't they just stick to the good old-fashioned pranks? You know, ding-dong ditching, you know. Egging. Egging. Teeping. Teeping. Why can't we stick to the basics? Why do we gotta smear fucking food? All over, you're just wasting food. I'm not going to lie. I was involved in one once as a youth where it was barbecue sauce and saran wrap. Oh, that's different. That, that's that been a thing. Has and that so been has, a thing? And okay. so has bologna and mustard. You ever hear that one? Yes. Yeah, that's been a thing. But baked beans? Baked come beans? On. Come I don't on. understand. It's got to be a price situation because kids don't have enough money to go out and buy anything in mass outside of sure, eggs. Sure, sure. You can go, you can go buy the cheap-ass eggs. Sure. Which I can guarantee you that one door at the supermarket is literally for eggs that are designed to be wasted in such a manner. <laughs> they're like 20 cents a carton or whatever. They're cheap as fuck. Right. And I can guarantee you that that's why they're there is just for pranks. Sure. But this is going on in the UK beaning. Bean bandits and bandits with a Z. That's Hashtag so, bean oh bandits. Oh my God. Have you ever seen the movie Hot Fuzz? Yes. It's a UK based. Been a while, but it's a, it's it, fun to move. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a UK based uh, police video. I can imagine these guys Oh, the Bean Bandits are at it again. <laughs> right. I could just imagine that being a plot point in that movie. So right. it's a dumb story. That's funny. But though. I thought it was kind of funny. Beaning. That's a good one. See, I don't think I'd waste baked beans like that. Now, I'm not a huge big baked bean fan, but I will eat them. I do like them. I like beans and chili. That's where I like my baked beans. Yes, definitely. Yeah, baked beans. Yeah, I like I like it doctored up. You know, I like baked beans with, you know, like a bunch of bacon in it and, uh, you know. Yeah, you like everything doctored up. I like that shit doctored up. You know what I mean? Anyways, you got any more news today? Yeah, I do. I have, mine's kind of stupid, but I just think this is absolutely incredible. So, this is from Odd News. Our favorite. Headline reads, Escaped Bull Captured After Two Months on the loose in Long Island. Two months? Explain to me how a bull... On the it, loose? Uh, uh, how does a bull evade capture for two months? On Long Island. On Long Island. This is ridiculous. Now, is that not a very heavily populated area? I'm, I'm pretty sure how it is. How is that a thing? How is this even... Animal rescuers in New York said a bull that was on the loose for two months after escaping slaughter in Long Island has been captured and is heading to a new home at a sanctuary. In Suffolk County, the Suffolk County Society for the Prevention of cruelty to animals said the bull nicknamed barney or barney by locals barney or barney (laughs) (laughs) they they just had a different way of spelling it that was the only (laughs) different (laughs) okay 
was Sorry. located Wednesday night at a former duck farm in Moriches. Barney was captured by Mike Stura of the Skylands Animal Sanctuary and Rescue. Officials said Barney will have a new and permanent home at the New Jersey Sanctuary. The bull first made headlines in late July when the animal escaped prior to being slaughtered as a part of a celebration, the Muslim holiday Eid el Adha. Adha. Sorry if I screwed so that up. So this is going to be a ceremonial sacrifice? I guess. That's what I'm gathering. A section of Sunrise Highway was temporarily shut near exit 58 in Mastic when the bovine ran into traffic. Bovine? Is that how you say that? Bovine. Bovine. Bovine ran into traffic. The news of Barney's rescue was celebrated by animal rights group people for the for the ethical treatment of animals. <laughs> After an astounding two months on the run, the bull's escape ended happily, unlike the lives of those who end up on the dinner table. Oh, Peter, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> urges everyone who rooted for this bull to help save another by going vegan. PETA President Ingrid Newkirk said in a statement. Now, at this point, 430 <laughs> has to come in and say that we do not condone the views expressed on the article that Ben just presented. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't read the very last paragraph, so guys. Just, so this is fresh for you. Okay. <laughs> Be vegan if you want to. Sure, yeah. We don't really care, but we are not encouraging that type of behavior, are we? No, we are not. Anyways, I can't but, figure yeah, out. That, so I just don't under. Okay. How, how, you know, how many people live on Long Island? Let's use this because let's think about our, our, our main topic for a second. Yes, definitely. This bull lived on one of the most populated islands in the country for two months without being captured. Definitely. Anyways, that's that's a good news story. It's hilarious. <laughs> now, this one, are you done with that? Yep, all set. This one I'm going to bring to you guys. This is one I've had ready to go for a few weeks now. This would have been on the September 11th episode if we hadn't done it, if we had done a different topic. Right. But this one I've had ready for a while. But I think this one's hilarious. You probably could have found this one anywhere, but I'm just going to be citing the New York Post as our source for this one. The head Headline reads, Bishop quits church after falling in love with satanic erotica writer. <sighs> now, <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm going to summarize it because I've, I've seen this on different places. The man's name is Xavier Novell, and he is a 52-year-old former Spanish bishop. Okay. Now, he had been a bishop in the Roman Catholic Church for the last 10 years. He got anointed, or I don't know what, what it's called, appointed. Anointed. I think that's right. Yeah. He got anointed in at age 41, and he was considered like a rising star within the Catholic Church. He was going to be like Spain's like church figurehead, basically. Sure. He was a very well-regarded bishop. Obviously, you get appointed at age 41 it's kind of young for a bishop but this guy <laughs> this guy uh during his time in the cloth he had done among other things he'd been an exorcist so he had performed exorcisms and like this is the kind of guy that was like on like the career trajectory to the where he might have been a cardinal or a pope or maybe sure. the pope at one point yeah like he had that kind of trajectory because he's a bishop at a very young age and somehow some way he found this erotica author whose name is sylvia Cabalal, c-a-b-a-l-l-o-l uh, i don't know how you pronounce yeah. that <laughs> she was a psychologist and erotic fiction author and somehow some way this guy found out about her and fell in <laughs> love and somehow some way she liked him back enough that they like started in a romantic relationship with each other as he was the bishop of the diocese. Jesus. Now she writes 
erotic fiction. I'm not going to get into details because this is a family show. Sure. But I guess a lot of her stories are about like transcendent struggles between God and Satan and shit like that. So it's like romantic slash erotica, but with that type of theme and somehow this guy, uh, how's, <laughs> now uh, he had to have been, he had to have been looking for this type of thing prior. You don't run into this shit. You don't just run into this, especially <laughs> if you're a bishop, you yeah. don't just run into this shit. Right. So he had to have been looking for this type of thing prior is my assumption. Now the news article does not get into the details as, as to what happened. I'm making my own assumption thinking he was looking for something he probably shouldn't have been looking for as a Catholic bishop. Yeah, definitely. You definitely just don't run into this shit. And somehow got so far as to make contact with her. Somehow <laughs> she liked the guy back, which is really interesting. Unreal. Now, what's funny is he didn't resign immediately because this has been going on for a while. And he'd been meeting with Vatican officials and even sat down with the Pope talking about this before he issued his resignation. Oh, my God. Which gosh. is ridiculous. Now, he his quote in this article says, I've fallen in love and want to do things properly. Which is why he resigned his post, and I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get excommunicated from the church or whatever. I, 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 I don't know imagine. how any of that works. But we're, what's funny is his people, like in the in the diocese or whatever, his people are really upset, and they're blindsided. They couldn't believe that this guy who they've been looking up to all of a sudden yeah, is resigning. Out sure. of, and it was, it was a surprise for the people. Now, they are not upset about him breaking his vow of celibacy, which he has broken at this point. They are upset because they think he got possessed by a demon. <laughs> Because he'd been doing exorcisms. Real quick, though, people take their religion very seriously. They definitely do. They definitely do. So we kind of think that's crazy, but to them, they like they they legit think that. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I I can't believe it. they're not upset about him doing this type of activity. They're upset. Yeah. They think he got possessed by a demon. Right now, this got so much publicity that the Pope had to come out and say that he does not believe that the guy got possessed <laughs> by a demon. <laughs> And what I think is even funnier about this shit is this guy, Novell, has left the church. And obviously, he's spent his entire career as a priest or a bishop. Right. So he needs a job now. He is seeking employment as a crop expert (laughs) in Barcelona. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because, of course, this priest, exorcist, bishop who falls in love with some erotica author definitely is like an, <laughs> he's, a, he's an agriculture enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. Did he? Because that fits the entire timeline. Did, did, did he get a minor in in uh, in agriculture I at guess, the seminary? I guess he's, he's an agriculture guru. He knows. My word. He knows how to grow crops. So he's looking for a job as a crop expert. That's so funny. I don't know what's going to happen there, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that one so funny. That's hilarious. You got any more news today, though? That was a good one. No, I don't have any more news. Okay, I got one more, and I'm not going to read this entire story because this is a detailed story. This one got sent in by a listener, and this one reads, and this one is going to play into our main topic today. Fossil footprints show humans in North America more than 21,000 years ago. The footprints, the earliest Firm evidence for humans in the Americas show that people must have arrived here before the last ice age. Now, I'm not going to read the story. I'm just going to talk about it. This was from today.com, but it was sent in by a listener. Basically, we were taught in school that humans came to America from Asia over the Bering Strait Ice Bridge which connected Russia with Alaska. And basically, when the Ice Age happened, 
the oceans sank, for lack of a better word. The sea level dropped, land formed. People walked across. They followed the mammoths across or whatever their food source was across. And that is how America was populated. And we were taught that as fact in grade school. I don't know if you remember this or not. Yeah, I, see, but I do remember. I remember vividly seeing, reading the textbooks and looking at the pictures and everything. And it was just like, well, this is how humans got to America. And this happened like ten to 12,000 years ago, according to estimations. These footprints have been dated at 21,000 years old. And some dates have it as early as 23,000 years ago. Human footprints. And these tracks happened in New Mexico in White Sands National Park. And they'd been found in 2005, but they didn't get a date back until now. Again, I don't know how the hell that's possible, but they've determined that these have been there since 21,000 years ago. So the land bridge theory was kind of like the reigning theory as to how humans got to America. Sure. All of a sudden, it doesn't... That's blown up. It just got blown up by this news story. Right. Saying that humans have been here prior. Now, there's been other sources that have kind of pointed to the idea that maybe humans have been here prior. Like, there's not... There's nothing concrete. Right. Because when you're looking at this type of thing, it's not when do they show up, it's how long have they been here. Right. So, this is the earliest fossil. So, now the land bridge theory obviously isn't the truth because there's no way that... Like, New Mexico is a little bit inland. Like, it's a little bit inland. It's not like they could have taken a boat, made some footprints that just happened to get fossilized. Right. And died. You know what I mean? Right. That's crazy, though. So, it is kind of crazy that humans have been here for at least 21,000 years. Well, you know, a lot of people, like, uh, I don't know. I I told you to listen to uh, that Joe Rogan episode with Graham Hancock. Which I haven't done yet, which I need to do. He thinks that there's plenty of evidence that suggests that there are humans in the Americas around 100,000 years ago. See, and I've read similar things and he's written a couple books about it and he's like that conversation is really good on, on the Joe Rogan. And you know, I did watch. Experience. I did watch a little bit of that. I know. What, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I need and to watch gets, the whole and thing. And he gets into the Amazon too. Like it's it's really good. Because I also read a story where there was some archaeological evidence. It was in the Hudson Bay area, maybe. It was in Canada, northern Canada, or I guess close to us, Canada. I guess. Mm-hmm. And they found evidence of tool use like sixty thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. But they found tools and they carbon dated them, and they're like, we don't know to tell you this it was sixty thousand years old. I that's crazy. And when they started to go public with a story, it got shut down immediately and everything that they had got confiscated by sure. whoever. And you're, we're going to find that that happens an awful lot. Mm-hmm. You'll be getting into that with our main topic a little bit. But right here, we were taught the land bridge thing is almost fact. It was presented to us as fact in the school. Now that's a big problem with different sciences that deal with the past. I'm going to say anthropology is the, the biggest culprit of this, is these people like to talk about things as fact when they don't really know. Nobody knows. They're yeah. just tying together different dots. And that's what he says in that interview, is he talks about that. He was like, you know, some a lot of the people don't agree with me because they think that this is fact, 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 when really there's no evidence, really no evidence at all, and we really don't know any of this shit. And the big thing with anthropologists as opposed to historians is anthropologists interpret artifacts where historians base most of their stuff via primary sources, which are documents. Mm-hmm. And it's easier, once you understand a language, to interpret a document as opposed to, oh, I found this relic of whatever. Sure. And then the, the object, you paint the story around the object. Where with a document, you've got at least some language. As long as you understand the language, you've got some
something to, right. okay, well, what could have been possibly been going on at the time? History is more of a social science, where anthropology is more of a, it, it's, I don't know, it's complicated. I get what you're saying. And there's a lot of people that walk around with anthropology degrees that say things, and then it's just like, how did you come to this conclusion? Sure. And a lot of it is, well, I was told to believe this. Right. So now that might be getting cut, but <laughs> anyways, on to anthropology, what is our main topic today, sir? Episode 49. This is Pat's episode. This is Ben's sure. episode. <laughs> One of Ben's favorite topics. We are doing Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. We are going to be talking about the legendary cryptid. This could have been on our cryptozoology. We did talk about Bigfoot a little bit. Did a little, we? A little bit more than probably what we remember, because I didn't remember talking about him much at all. I don't remember all. talking about him either. We did get into it a little bit. So, we have talked about Bigfoot before. We've talked about him on the Urban Legends episode. I feel like we talked about him recently. I feel like we, I think we did too, got brought yeah. up, but Bigfoot. So, Ben, what is Bigfoot? Bigfoot. Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, is an ape-like humanoid creature that inhabits the forests of North America and is prominent in American and Canadian folklore. Now, we'll be getting we'll be getting into specific sightings, but most evidence to the existence of Bigfoot is visual sightings, video recordings, audio tapes, photographs, and large footprints. Large footprints, yes. Yes. Now, thousands of people have claimed to have seen Bigfoot. Bigfoot is described to be tall, muscular, and ape-like with dark brown or dark reddish hair the hair color varies i guess yeah uh, some reports describe bigfoot as being between 10 to 15 feet tall and it found footprints eight inches wide and 24 inches long big ass foot definitely so as far as the sightings go about one third of all bigfoot sightings are in the pacific northwest yes and the rest are spread amongst basically the rest of the country sightings predominantly occur in the northwestern region of washington oregon north california and british columbia now real quick pat and i we kind of discussed on what was it that wasn't the last episode. Was it the one before? About how the statistical evidence of the possibility of Bigfoot, right? Something, Well, yeah. not, not statistical evidence, but... I think it was on the, the last the, episode. The statistical possibility of Bigfoot. Okay. Now, I'm just going to be getting into how many sightings were in the year 2019. Okay. In some of these areas. How many? So, according to data collected from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, Bigfoot Sightings Database in 2019, Washington had over 2,000 reports. Reported sightings in 2019 alone. Yes, Washington had over 2,000 reported sightings. California had over 1,600. Pennsylvania over 1,300. New York and Oregon over 1,000. Texas just over 800. Also sightings in southeastern United States. Most of those are in Florida. Yeah, but they have like their own Bigfoot called the skunk the ape. skunk ape. Yep, which is kind of funny. <laughs> what we were kind of what, what were you saying earlier about you know population of certain animals and whatnot? How like in the news story, how nobody was able to capture that bull. Yes, right. Now that was one bull. Right. When you get into population of animals, I'm going to use the black bear as an example, and I talked about this on one of our different episodes. Take a guess, just real quick. Yeah, it was the black bear. You gave that Just example. take a guess real yeah. quick. Michigan, the state of Michigan. How many black bear do you think live in the state of Michigan between the lower and upper peninsula? Now, most of them are going to be in the upper peninsula, but take, just, take, just take ballpark it. Just a guess. A couple thousand. Fifteen to 19,000 black bear are estimated to live in the Damn. upper peninsula of Michigan. 
Now, a breeding population of any mammal, basically, we're thinking probably 500 is what would be necessary to sustain a species over centuries. That much? Now, statistics say that 50 is necessary to reduce inbreeding, but over the course of a long period of time, you'd want to have at least 500. Okay. Now, if we talk about Bigfoot as in since America was colonized, which would be probably 400 years ago, we could talk. We could say so we could use 1600 as a point in history where maybe bigfoot might start to get encountered because they showed up in 1492 in the bahamas obviously it's like 100 years to really mm-hmm. get into anywhere where bigfoot might be sighted now native american folklore there's a lot of different tribes and nations that have some form of bigfoot yep hairy ape in the woods folklore yep now lots of people will be like well these tribes have lots of different stories about lots of different things that we obviously know aren't true but when you when people use that argument they're talking about this tribe has this story about this thing like the one was that the first beaver was a woman who pissed off her husband that is a legend <laughs> out there i don't know what tribe that's associated with but that's a legend out there right people are like well this tribe has this story this tribe has that story yada 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 lots of different tribes have stories about sasquatch or bigfoot or something some big hairy yeah. man in the woods so the question is why why would that be one that permeates across different everywhere different groups right different ethnic groups within native americans why do they all have the same story so that's a big reason why a lot of people believe that it exists is because oh well the folklore says it exists and it jumps across different groups Mm -hmm. similar stories and they're not ever they're never gonna be exactly the same but is any story ever exactly the same about anything ever right so that's a big reason why people think maybe this might be real but then if we talk about when settlers start showing up maybe they're hearing the stories and they're looking for it but if it's a small population, you're not going to be seeing it. You're not going to be seeing it exactly. And I was after you said that, I was thinking about my uh, trip I took to Tennessee one time, and I was driving through Tennessee, and we hiked through Tennessee, went sure. on a bunch of trails. We stayed basically in the mountains, and the entire time I was there, I saw one bear. That was it. Yep. And they're they, they're supposed to come around populated areas too. Like they're they are afraid of humans, but they'll come around because there's like food and shit. Sure. But they know to run away from humans. But but think about what the, the, the black bear population in Tennessee is. And I'm there for a week, and I only see one. Exactly. So it's like, if there's only a couple hundred Bigfoot creatures out there, you're never going to see one. Probably 6,000 black bears. That's quite a bit. That is quite a bit. It's quite a bit. And if we're talking about Bigfoot, if we're going to treat it as a species for a second, we would have a Pacific Northwest species, an Appalachian species, and we'd probably have two different population groups. Because sure. there's no way that they're walking across fucking Kansas right interbreeding definitely but like i mentioned with the wolverines these wolverines have ranges that range in the dozens of square miles to hundreds of square miles and you can't even estimate the population of a wolverine anywhere because the species itself is very transient Mm -hmm. and they don't operate in packs like the biggest pack you're gonna have is a mom and cubs, maybe. Right. I don't know anything about wolverines outside of the fact that I know that the population number isn't isn't you can't estimate the population number. Right. So then we get into well, why haven't we found a body? Like how many bear bodies are being found in the wild? Like I said, Michigan has fifteen to nineteen thousand bear black bears living mostly in the, in the upper peninsula. 
are bare bodies being found regularly? They would have to be found regularly. Right, definitely. For that argument to work. And maybe a bare body isn't newsworthy, but still. You know, you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. And then when it comes to Bigfoot, we're thinking it's an ape. Now, humans are considered to be the smartest apes in the world and the smartest animals in the world. Mm-hmm. People argue about what the next most intelligent animals are. Whales and dolphins are usually pretty high up there. Different types of birds. Aren't pigs pretty intelligent? Pigs are considered very intelligent. And then dogs are probably the next one. So that that grouping of animals are considered very intelligent. But apes are considered the most intelligent mm-hmm. because of humans mostly. Right. Now, humans are the most populous large mammal in the world, which shouldn't be surprising to anybody. How many times do we find human bodies in the world? Now, we've got so many. We've got 8 billion of us basically running around. Right. Bodies get found occasionally, but it's big. It's a big deal. Right. Now, let's say Sasquatch operated maybe not as smart as humans are, but within that realm. And they probably and know their about, they probably know their environment better than anybody. And we're talking about a few thousand of them as a population. We have eight billion humans, and when a body gets found, it's a big deal. Right. A couple thousand, which you can't you can't compare eight billion with eighty thousand. You can't compare eight billion with eighty thousand. You just can't. Right. Maybe even if they're not nearly as intelligent as we are, maybe they're pretty smart and they do something with the bodies. Right. So that's something you got to consider if you're talking about if you're treating it as an animal, which which I would. Everybody would that is interested in Bigfoot would treat it as a species. Yes, exactly. Maybe they're really smart. I think they are. Also, like when I went over those sightings, 2,000 sightings in one year. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Now, I'm sure a lot of them are hoaxes. I'm sure a lot of them are, you know, shit they they thought was Bigfoot. Yeah. But how many of those are like could be legit? So let's let's do the math for a second. Let's say 50% are hoaxes. So that cuts your 2,000 down to 1,000. Mm-hmm. Let's say 800 of those are misidentifications. That's 80% of the ones that aren't hoaxes are misidentifications. It's a bear climbing in a tree. It's a person right. goofing around. It's something that shouldn't have been reported. Report as a Bigfoot as a Bigfoot. Exactly. Even if we were to cut that down, it's still 200 sightings. Let's say That's, 50% of them something. were high. Let's say 50% of them were high when they saw it. They're like, oh, we see Bigfoot. Or it could be the <laughs> dick monster or whatever. They could have been on acid or something. So at least 100 sightings. It's, Does it's, that happen 2,000 times? Is it 2,000 times of misidentification? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's what I was saying. That's why I wrote down those those numbers. I was like, there's no way every one of these are hoaxes or misidentifications. There's and no there, way. And there are plenty of cases where people that have no reason to lie and have lost like their jobs, like park rangers have seen something, yeah, or people that were doing something. Any any time where it's an official that was working with the federal government, either in the parks department or in the Department of the Interior, in or whatever the hell those departments are, if they report seeing something and they're on an unrelated survey doing whatever, nine times out of ten they're threatened with their job because they said, "Hey, I saw this creature that looked like a Bigfoot." I don't know what to tell you. It's funny you you said that because I when I was looking up stuff for the episode i found this news article it's actually kind of funny if if you want to hear it some people are serious about what they see now i'm going to tell you how serious this woman is okay about what she saw this is from the san diego union tribune the headline reads is bigfoot real a woman is suing california to get it to recognize the existence of sasquatch 
Claudia Ackley, a Bigfoot enthusiast and researcher, is so convinced that the creature exists that she is now suing the state of California to get it officially recognized the existence of Sasquatches, the press enterprise report reported. Two people are suing the state, Ackley and Canadian doc, uh, documentary filmmaker Todd Standing. In an interview with the press enterprise, Ackley described an encounter with the creature in March of last year. I ran into Sasquatch, a Bigfoot. We were face to face. He was 30 feet up in a tree. Ackley told the paper describing the teacher as having a barrel chest it had three times the size of a human and weighing about 800 pounds standing says that they have enough proof to win the case where is the proof though it, exactly that's why I th- that's, that's why i thought this yeah. was actually absolutely hilarious uh, no you know what she didn't see the the sasquatch she saw the bat squatch <laughs> that's my hypothesis on that story but what's what's crazy is what did she see then is this just a made-up story this it seemed ridiculous up. to make that how, how up you, and then go you, to court why like why would you why would you why would you go and hire lawyers? Yeah. Spend money on something as ridiculous as this sounds. That one's r- ridiculous. No, you're right about you're, you're that. You're going to sue the, the state of California. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I, I can see you making a bullshit video. Sure. And posting it and saying, oh, it's Sasquatch, just to get some attention. But let's even, let's go, let's go back to the hoax thing for a second. Sure. The problem with the hoax theory, and yes, a lot of this is hoaxes. There are a sure. lot of people out there that have nothing better to do that dress up in costumes. Like we talked about on one of the episodes, I can't remember which episode it was, but we talked about a guy that got shot dead because he was out there wearing a Bigfoot costume. Yeah. That does happen. We can't deny the fact that, that hoaxes happen. Right. Well, the problem is a lot of these hoaxers across the country had to have been on the same page for a very long time. Right. Because there's a lot of consistencies that translate from one end of the country to another over a period of many, many years. Like when podiatrists look at the footprints and they're like, well, the patterns on the actual foot, humans, the lines run one way. Mm-hmm. Monkeys, the one, lines run another way. And they run these run a third way. So that would have been, had to have been a very intelligent hoaxer. Sure. Pulling off that footprint hoax. And then you got the one where the footprints, the one foot looked like it was crippled. Like like the toes were like split out wrong or something. Sure. How many hoaxers are going to do that? Right. And there are definitely a lot of hoaxes where the footprints are perfect. And it's like, yeah, we know this is a hoax because they're, they're, they're too perfect. Right. But there's a lot of them out there too where it's just like, this would have been a really, really, really clever hoaxer to pull this type of thing off. Right. And then you get into the oh oh it's a guy in an ape costume, which most of these videos you can't you can't verify one way or another what right. the hell's being seen. And that famous one Patterson, 60s. Patterson Gimlin, 1967. Yeah, that one. That's like the most famous video. It is. Now, is that a hoax? You know, I've been doing research on that since I've been an eight-year-old. No, no, one, no one's ever been able to verify that. No one's been able to verify it. Bob Gimlin, who is one of the guys, is still yeah. alive. Yeah. And he has not backed down on if it was a hoax or not. The farthest he, he not. has gone in an interview is he said, well, if Roger Patterson, who was the other guy, it a, it's a Patterson Gimlin film yep if he hoaxed it he had to have been really good but maybe he could have hoaxed it on me is the farthest that Gimlin has gone in an interview to either affirm or deny and he's gone that, this long that means something to me i don't know and when you get into the story it's it's complicated there's a lot going on there and a, a lot of a lot of the reason why people think that's a hoax is because in that same area is where they found those famous footprints yeah in which i have that whole story which has been hoaxed yeah which has come out but that took till 2002 to determine it was a the, hoax the family of the guy that did the hoax yeah said that it was a hoax but that's how actually the the bigfoot name got big exactly was during that incident uh guy named jerry crew who he was a bulldozer operator for a long 
logging company. They were in Six Rivers National Forest in California, and they found these big, massive human-like footprints, and the co-workers would find them, too. At the job sites, they would find weird shit happening. Like, they sure. had these big oil drums that were, like, 450 pounds, sure. and they would be moved randomly. Like, nobody can move these by themselves. They would need help. Like, how would these how would these things be moved? Bigfoot moved them. Bigfoot moved them. But, yeah, that came out as a hoax. But, basically, the crew called them, you know, the culprit, whoever it was, Bigfoot, and then they called a reporter, and, and it, it basically, you know, got big after that. So, yeah. That's where we get the name Bigfoot. Exactly. But when you look at that video, there's there's a lot going on with that. Mm-hmm. Now, I watched Monster Quest, which was the old history channel. <laughs> they did a couple on Bigfoot, but this episode had some guy that took that video and ran a computer program around it. Basically, the idea of the program was it was going to pick out individual objects and assign a size to them based on what was still there at the site or something along those lines. It was called like Picto, Picto something. Mm-hmm. But it was an advanced computer program. And he's able to say, well, this tree was this tall, this tree was here. And he was able to create like a 3d model of the 2d image that is seen on the frame Mm -hmm. and when he was working on it he was like well we assume he was using like a 20 millimeter lens and when he used a 20 millimeter lens from the distance yada 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 he ran it in the program and none of it made any sense it was like this 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 looks like nothing right so then he was thinking he was like well is it possible that, that there was a different lens on? And he's like, well, a 15 millimeter lens would have worked. And when he did some research on cameras back in 1967, he realized that Patterson probably actually had a 15 millimeter lens on the camera instead of a 20 millimeter lens on the camera. Hmm. So he was like, well, when you look at the cameras that were sold back then and the lenses that were sold back then, nine times out of 10, he probably would have actually had a 15 millimeter lens on the camera because he probably wouldn't know what the fuck he was doing. Right. Because it was a rented camera that he was using in the first place. Hmm. So then he did all the math again and all the modeling and it was like well with the 50 millimeter camera everything comes together perfectly the problem is that the sasquatch figure looks to be at least seven feet four according to the mathematical modeling that we're using and he estimated it was between seven foot two and seven foot six and he was like according to everything that we ran with this model which has every other object in sight sized properly whoever the fuck was walking around in that costume had at least been The costume itself had at least been seven feet, four inches tall. Right. So that kind of got me thinking because I I was watching his methodology and it made a lot of sense. For sure. When you were watching it. And this guy was also like a costume, like a film, like costume guy. So he tried to recreate the costume and he really couldn't do it. And he couldn't, he couldn't recreate, he couldn't recreate the entire thing, especially the height that he claimed it was at. Right. So that was kind of interesting to see. The other thing too, is if you look at that costume, whoever the fuck was in it had to have had these massive ass thighs, like Saquon Barkley style. Right. Because those thighs are bulging out of that costume. Right. And maybe that could be a prop. Maybe it had to have been a damn good. They, for the 60s. Costume for 1967. Yeah, man. And then the other problem, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, is the, the Bigfoot had tits. <laughs> it, it does. Well, they, that, they think it's a female. Yeah. And there's a documentary that came out in 1997 called Bigfoot. I think that's just what it's called. It is on <laughs> YouTube and it is on Amazon Prime. And I've talked about this before on the show where they talk about that aspect of a Bigfoot. <laughs> and these, th- this is the silliest documentary out there because that's another comment that we're, we'll get into a little bit is how ridiculous these Bigfoot researchers are because these guys are complete clowns when it comes to this documentary. Like the guys out there like drumming. He has 
a, a complete drum kit out in the woods and he's drumming. <laughs> he's like, my hope is to entertain Bigfoot. Maybe he will be attracted to my sounds. Oh my and at God. one point, the one guy says that Bigfoot, they're more likely to come out if a kid is around. And his solution <laughs> to that problem is because Bigfoot is attracted to kids like humans are attracted to dwarves or little people because they find them weird and comical. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dumbest documentary you're ever gonna watch this is fantastic and at one point they got like some like big ass guy out there in the woods and it's like they were gonna try to recreate their own video and the guy kept like falling down and shit and it was the dumbest <laughs> shit ever and then they had this like british guy out there like some like british filmographer and he's out there in the woods and he was gonna like spend like three nights out there in the woods or whatever trying to find bigfoot <laughs> and all it did was rain the entire time <laughs> And he just got soaked. It's <laughs> uh, so funny. But these people, these researchers are clowns. The way everything is handled is and, ridiculous. And they don't stop. They don't stop. The one guy, uh, have you ever seen the Finding Bigfoot show? Have you ever watched an episode of that? It was on the I, animal planet. I think I've seen some of that. It's called Finding Bigfoot. And it's that Bigfoot field research organization that you brought up in your story. It's these, this group funds it. And I've been on the Bigfoot field research organization since at least 2002. I've been on their website. I don't think I've ever been officially a member, but I've been like researching on that website forever. Mm -hmm. I started researching it when I was an eight-year-old. The website has not been updated <laughs> since then. <laughs> it looks exactly the same as it did back in 2002. That's so funny. But these this Finding Bigfoot show, the, the leader of the group... His name is Matt Moneymaker. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this guy before. That's so ridiculous. And then they've got another guy on the show who kind of looks like a Bigfoot. His name is Bobo. <laughs> His real name is James Fay. And I've seen him on at least three separate documentaries within the last 15 years. So he was doing Finding Bigfoot. That's where he became a star. But he was on stuff before then. And then Hulu recently did an ep uh, a documentary called Bigfoot, like a three-part documentary called Bigfoot. Now that story was about Humboldt County and it was about the weed growing up in Humboldt County, but it was called Bigfoot for whatever <laughs> reason. I don't know, but they did like a, like a half an episode about the Sasquatch creature. Right. And this guy was on this one too. And he looks completely different these days, but this guy has been on everything, everything that could possibly come out of a Bigfoot. He shows up. He was even on fucking Conan O'Brien one time. <laughs> and I watched that episode because I was worried that he wasn't going to do well. And he actually did really well on the, on the hmm. interview, but Matt Moneymaker is the leader. And this guy's a fucking moron. Like he does the dumbest <laughs> shit. It, like every time you could like possibly think like you can't do anything dumber than what this guy's about to do he runs off and he does it i gotta watch this guy of course bigfoot's never gonna come out when these guys are running around because they're screaming into the they're, they scream into the woods right you gotta be quiet they run around like morons <sighs> that shows it, it, it's it's comedy is what it is because they have no scientific process whatsoever they run around with all this shit they probably don't even believe bigfoot's real they're just out there Moneymaker does, shit. and Bobo 100% does. Sure. They've got four people. There's Cliff, who believes it's real, but has no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> He's the most normal person. And then there's this woman named Renee running around, who doesn't believe in any of it, but is running around with them anyways, for whatever reason. <laughs> Gotta have the skeptic on there. Yeah, she definitely is a skeptic, and she just runs around, and she goes along with it all, because that's what the show is, but she just like, makes fun of the process the entire time. It's a dumb, but it ran for nine seasons. And it has, there's, a, there's over a hundred episodes of this shit. Jesus. And every episode, there's a scene where they go to whatever the nearest town is mm -hmm. and they gather up whoever shows up in the, the town hall. And it's usually like 50 to 60 people show up to the town hall. And every, it's always exactly the same. It's like, who in this room has seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> 
And then slowly everybody starts to raise their hand. And like you'll see like 40 of the 60 people raise their hands and they all start sharing their personal experiences or whatever. But it's like the guy's name is Matt Moneymaker. Like that's he's, his legal name. He's literally one of the superest people you're ever gonna you're ever gonna watch on anything. And this guy is leading the charge in Bigfoot investigation, which leads into my other theory: is are they doing this on purpose? Is something out there, and they're letting Matt Moneymaker go out there and be the face of Bigfoot investigation <laughs> because they don't want anybody to believe him? Because nobody nobody in their right mind could watch this show and be like, "This is serious." You know what I mean? That's true. So maybe there is something out there. It's almost like a deterrent. Almost it is. No, hundred percent like sh- strategy. Because- by the government, the secret societies of the world, so that we don't believe in Bigfoot. Because nobody would want to be associated with Matt Moneymaker. Now, Bobo is at least <laughs> a really nice guy. Matt Moneymaker makes terrible leadership decisions on like every episode. Bobo is at least like, you'd sit and have a beer with him. He's a nice guy. He's a little bit slow, but you'd hang out with him. <laughs> so that makes me wonder if they're letting the clowns out there investigate Bigfoot for a reason. Maybe this guy I was looking into. You ever heard of Peter Byrne? I can't say that I have. Dude, so this guy i didn't i've never i don't know what this guy looks like i've never heard his voice i was when i was doing my research i found an interview from cnbc that they did an interview they did an interview with this guy this guy is an avid bigfoot hunter and he's freaking 93 years old and he still hunts for bigfoot 93 okay. <laughs> 93 i'm gonna get into this guy's story a little bit because it's actually kind of sad okay like, this guy has literally spent like i'm not even kidding like 70 years looking for evidence to prove bigfoot is real and he has not found one shred of anything. And it's, okay. it's kind of it's kind of funny. So this guy he lives in Oregon, and uh, like I said, he spent his whole life trying to find out uh, who Bigfoot was and uh, or whether Bigfoot is real. And he believes that it's a it's a creature, like it's a uh, species. Sure. And he first started looking for before he even started looking for Bigfoot, he started looking for the Yeti. And you said that you were gonna bring up the Yeti in 1946 while he was in the British Royal Air Force in Bombay, India. Now in the late 50s, he led three extensive expeditions to search for the Yeti in Nepal. And I guess there's like famous pictures with him holding up like scalps of the Yeti. Yeah. Okay. And I guess he's like in pictures standing next to big giant footprints that have been found. Yeah. Burns said in the past 50 years, he found two or three sets of possible Yeti footprints in 50 years. Wow. Of research. That's a long time. Yep. And he found, uh, he found those tracks in the Himalayas at altitudes of 15 thousand feet. Now, after moving to the U.S. in 1960s, Byrne went on to direct the Bigfoot Information Center and ex- exhibition in Oregon. Now, apparently, he kept finding rich people to fund his shit to, sure. do, to do what he wanted to do with this yeah. uh, information center. And um, this guy, this was his full-time job, hunting Bigfoot. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. That's the dream. This is all this guy did. Sign me up. And people were paying him to do it. They were funded to the 90s, all this all this shit. Now, he just does it as a hobby. Sure. And uh, he has shit set up in like mountains motion detectors and everything like that he's been doing this shit and if he's still been doing it as a hobby since the 90s and he started doing this shit in the 40s this guy's on the been he's been on the yeti and bigfoot hunt yeah for 70 years all right 60 70 years yeah and this guy has not found anything what do you do at that point man i don't know like when do you when do you stop you're 93 yeah you're still going up into the mountains looking for bigfoot like this is getting (laughs) i don't know why maybe he's getting uh, paid 
I'm assuming I, I, he's getting paid. He he sent when when he was doing the the hunts, they found like these hairs, and they he sent these this hair to the FBI. Now during this interview with CNBC, when he's 93, he claims he doesn't remember any of this happening. Okay, which is funny, but apparently back in the day he sent these these samples of hairs. Okay, to the FBI, and they normally don't do this type of thing. They just do criminal cases. Sure, but they made an exception. And they said it was from, it was, they said it was deer hair. Really? Yeah. And they did all this work and found deer hair. And um, That's hilarious. Yeah. And when you're just reading this interview of this old man, you just, you just tell that he's bullshit. Like, yeah. His excuses are, oh, but there've been sightings and I knew a guy who's a really good friend. He had, it, you know, he's credible. He, he said he saw one and uh, they're real and I believe I'll find one one day. He, this is literally what I'm reading in it this It's like he's got a whole lot of evidence. Like I feel like Matt Moneymaker would do a lot better job presenting yeah, the case than this guy. Definitely. And uh, also, Byrne pleaded guilty in August of 2013 for to uh, for uh, defrauding Social Security Administration and the Oregon Department of Human Services and the Medicaid out of 78000 concealing his travels outside of the United States from 92 to 2012. Because, sounds about right. Because he continued to go overseas and look for the Yeti as well. Now, the Yeti... People, most like people that might even be open to the idea would say the Yeti is more probable than Bigfoot. Right. But the Himalayas is, that's impossible terrain to scour. You're not going to be able to scour that right. terrain. The Himalayas, no. And that's sort of thing too, is even with Bigfoot, if it theoretically did exist where people say it's existed, which would be in the Pacific Northwest and within the Appalachian Mountains, there are definitely areas that are tough to access within the mountains, like a valley up in the middle of nowhere. It's possible for those types of areas to exist. Yeah. And the reason why people don't go up there is number one, they're tough to get to. Number two, there's not a whole lot up there once you do get there like what's the point of going up to some valley that's just a valley you know what i mean right and it, it is possible theoretically speaking for an intelligent species like a bigfoot to theoretically make their base up there 100 percent. or people just aren't gonna wander because number one it's really tough to get there number two there's nothing to get to there's no point to the effort then there, there's no way that we haven't discovered you know species of, like there's so there's, there's so much shit undiscovered out there that exactly. we don't that we don't know about in places that we haven't been or tried to explore like how the hell do we know and even like in the amazon rainforest like this is a completely different discussion but there are still tribes out there oh yeah that are very have had very limited contact with community now people are going to say well we've tried to avoid having contact with them yada 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 but if you've evaded everything that's gone on since hernan cortez landed on south america in 1500 whatever obviously you're pretty well hidden if you just avoided it the entire time are you kidding me you're (laughs) right and obviously humans are smarter than probably what we think bigfoot is but who isn't to say that something different happened here on a much smaller scale 100 percent, i agree it's the statistical argument that like I said in the last episode or whatever episode we were talking about, the statistical argument doesn't actually make sense when you look at actual statistics. Right. So, in conclusion, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, I can't rule out Bigfoot, man. You, can't, you really can't rule it out. There's not a lot of evidence. There's not There's, a lot of evidence. No, exactly. We, we have to be clear about that. There's not a lot of evidence. Although there was a story I read about, or I watched this video about, from Wyoming, where the guy was out there. He was working for the government in some sort of land surveying thing. He was camping out in the middle of nowhere, and he had a hand pop up. And after he was, like, fighting against the hand, like, he got out of his tent, and he ran off, and he chased off some big-ass creature. And then he was like, hey, I, this, this story happened to me out when I was on your, your government sanction 
information, whatever. They're like, okay, I'll tell you what. We've heard different stories about this. The sheriff has heard different stories. You go out there and investigate. So he talked to different people. <laughs> and there were a bunch of stories that were similar to what he experienced in the same area. The one was a creature like attacking like a barn or something. And they did find hair samples. Mm. And they got together with some different contacts. They found a paleoanthropologist who was able to handle hair samples that were from whatever. And this guy ran his test and he was like, well, we think it's an ape, but it doesn't match anything that we have on record. That's fucking Bigfoot, man. After that, <laughs> it kind of got a little bit of steam. They're like, okay, well, we got this weird sample. This is going to be big news. We've got an undiscovered sample of something that we found in Wyoming. And the boss was like, say one more word about it. If anything pops up with you and this thing and Bigfoot again, your ass is on the street. Unreal. And dude, that's coming I watched, from up top. I watched the interview with this guy. That's coming from up top, man. Yeah. And then I was thinking about too, like the academic community, so much of it is revolves around who can you get along with, who can you be buddies with, and how far up was is it gonna get you? Like there are plenty of people out there that consider themselves academics that have no credentials whatsoever outside of one like bachelor's degree that think, Oh, I'm smart enough to be in the group, but aren't because they can't make friends and they can't do this, 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 or this. A lot of them spend their lives trying to prove themselves to whoever they think has more power within the organization. Yep. So obviously being immediately dismissive of anything that might not fit the official scientific understanding of whatever or the conventional scientific understanding of whatever got to be cracked down upon you can't you, you can never be associated with that because if you're trying to become part of the group you cannot be associated with that whatsoever especially right. if you're if especially if you don't have much to add to the conversation to begin with so there's a lot of societal pressure to re- reduce this type of shit and it's the same shit with aliens in, in a the way, same shit with know? aliens and that's the other thing too is when i get into my crazy conspiracy books that i've got over there on the shelf like the smithsonian i've talked about this before the smithsonian has been on record as even as late as 1999 there was a canyon got flooded and skeletons popped up and this was in the southwest united states somewhere and they were like these skeletons are really weird because this guy's at least seven feet tall it looks very humanoid the smithsonian pops up fbi put gag orders on everybody in the area they they were they were literally patting down everybody that was handling this archaeological dig because they thought it was an archaeological dig like hey this flood opened up this thing that we never saw before in this canyon right this is a grave of a huge ass human this is really cool FBI shut it down immediately. They were patting down everybody. There was no photographs allowed to be taken, nothing, no recording, anything of it. Outside of the people that were there, we were able to talk about it later. And again, it was the Smithsonian swooping down you know, and maybe- taking all the relics and just taking them wherever. And then you look back into that type of story, and it's, it's been happening since the Smithsonian has been an institution itself. Maybe that's why we can't find any Bigfoot bodies today. It's because they're just being cleaned up so I'd- quick. I don't think there's enough of them. I honestly, if it's a species, I don't think there's enough of them because if there's 500, let's say, let's say if there is 500, five die a year, 10 die a year. You're never going to see them. You're never going to find them. Most animals hide before they die anyways, especially like a mammal. Sure. He's going to find some burrow in a tree where no one's ever going to go. It's instinct. Right. To hide before you die when you're sick. Definitely. So let's say there are 500, 10 die a year. Nine of them hid. One was out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Anyways, are we about ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, I, that's all I got. It's an interesting discussion. We might need to revisit this topic later on in the future. Yeah, definitely. Bigfoot. We're not gonna say it exists because we can't. We can't prove it. We can't. Can't prove, prove it. We can't prove this shit. But the possibilities are pretty high, in my opinion. Yes, and I think that the way that the that the establishment suppresses 
compresses this information. Like we had a really t- hard time researching this. Yeah, this it really never was used hard. to be this difficult. It was mostly all just articles trashing anybody that believes in Bigfoot. Yes, and as a kid, I used to be able to dive into. I had shit printed off. I used to print shit off at school. I had a file this thick, an inch thick of documents about it, and you can't find any of that. Can't anymore. find that shit no more. So that to me is a red flag at the very least. Hundred percent. Because even if Bigfoot doesn't exist, what does it say about our society that we can't let information well the vectors of information definitely are one are all on the same page yeah it's scary and then big tech's a problem with that yep but anyways we thank you guys for listening to this episode the bigfoot discussion i think it was a good discussion all things considered i think so listeners we're up to like 2200 that's awesome like 19 active listeners within the last week at least social media is going pretty well we could do a little bit better with that please share the show share our facebook page share our episodes post it on whatever you've got if you've got twitter if you've got facebook please share it with your friends spread us around tell them that we're a fun podcast to listen to people once they're convinced to listen to the show are really liking the show it's getting them to click on the button put it in their earbuds and play it for five minutes that's the problem so if you can do that if you guys are out there you can tell one person about our show get them to click on it get them to listen to it we feel like we're doing really well we feel like we're making a lot of people happy we feel like we're creating content that is enjoyable definitely hey and if there's anything specific you guys want to hear we'll we'll research it we'll talk about it if you guys have any topic ideas or any news stories tweet us at 30 in the comment on our facebook page that's about all we got and that's about all we got i'm not gonna be slighting xbox live (laughs) anymore because that's the dumbest (laughs) thing but i was trying to think what the hell else are we on we're on facebook or on xbox live anywhere you get your podcast you can listen to us as well yes and uh i think it's about gonna wrap it up so thank you very much guys peace Was Schobert 49? Joe the Show? Yeah. I don't know if he is with Pittsburgh. He definitely wasn't with the Browns. He was 53. What no, was he with Jacksonville? I don't know what he was. What was he, was he with Jacksonville? I don't care about what he was with Jacksonville. I think he was 49. No, it was 47. I can't imagine he was wearing 49. I can't imagine. See, either. the thing with Joe Schobert that I was really happy about is he got paid because he was a fourth-round pick out of Wisconsin. He came to the Browns. He was pick one, round four. Or pick... Round four, pick one. So he was the first player picked on day three. Right. He was considered a slightly below average athlete, and they didn't have a they didn't have a position for him. So the Browns drafted him. They were like, "Well, he does a few things well, but he doesn't have a position." Mm-hmm. When he was drafted, he was considered a three-four line outside linebacker is what they thought he was going to be, which is a position that T.J. Watt plays. That is what they thought he was going to be in the NFL. That's what he was drafted as. Mm-hmm. The Browns worked him out for a few years. He was a really hard worker, but it was like he's not really doesn't have the explosiveness off the edge to be an edge rusher. Really, didn't really have the best coverage skills, but he was a good tackler. It's just what he was. Yeah. See, that was the problem with Devin Bush being out in the Raiders game. Yeah, they had to put. Schobert on freaking Darren Waller, and that did not go. Which good. that doesn't go well because that does not go. Well. Schobert isn't a great coverage linebacker. And no, against no. a guy like Darren Waller, he can't cover a tight end. The exactly. Same Why they kept the man to man on him the whole game, I don't understand. It would have been Jevin Bush on him, which would have been a better matchup. Yeah. But who else? What are, what are you? What's your plan against Darren Waller? I mean, you're just gonna have to man up. You're just gonna have to man up with him best yeah. you can. And Devin Bush would be the guy for that, but obviously yeah. he was hurt. But oh well. But Joe Schobert, he he made a Pro Bowl with the Browns on his rookie contract. 
I always so thought was, he was just a, a good, solid player, good he's a, tackler. He's a tackler, and good, he's good reader. He's you know. smart, and he called the defense. He was a he's a Mike linebacker is basically what right. he is now. He's, he's not a super good athlete, and he's not super no, good at any one aspect of the game. I wouldn't say he's elite. I would say that you know he's a good fill in. He's he's just a good he got, number. He's good number two linebacker. But for a fourth round pick, a fourth round pick is fighting. Most fourth round picks probably don't get a second NFL contract. They probably play right. their rookie contract and they're done. He right. got a big ass second contract <laughs> that he's gonna enjoy for a while. Good for him, man. I like him. And he's a really hard yeah. worker, right? And he made a Pro Bowl, so I have a hard time rooting against him. I'm pissed off that he's with the Steelers, <laughs> but at the same time, when it comes to football. He doesn't solve any problems for you guys. I'm sorry he doesn't. So. Well, he was basically the fill-in for Mike Williams when he retired. I mean, I'm not Mike Williams. Vince Williams. I apologize. And Vince Williams is basically the same thing. He could not cover, but he was one hell of a tackler. He can fill a hole really he good. plays the fundamentals well. Yeah. So, Joe Schober is basically just the Vince Williams. Sure. And I like the guy. I think he's a hard worker. Right. I love those types of stories, so... Yeah. Anyways, what kind of news you got? Beaning. Beaning. <laughs> Beaning involves kids smearing. <laughs> Beaning involves kids smearing baked beans onto people's driveways, doors, and cars. 